You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Debbie Lauks from Solvang, California. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 24th, episode 3190, brought to you today by Kem and Equine. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. Good morning. I know we're doing like we're on a roll. I know. I love it. I love it. (laughs) You know, um, it's kind of been like a girl power kind of week and we're going to (laughs) continue that trend today because we're going to have Michelle Eames, the author of riding lessons, things I learned while horsing around. And then tell us about our guest, Sylvia Zerbini. Yeah. I'm excited to have Sylvia on. I, I got to invite my own interview today, which was really fun. She came to the farm a a few years ago before COVID and put on a show that is amazing. It's like one of those Cavalia moments. Everybody loves Cavalia, right? Mm -hmm. She's super talented. So I'm excited to hear what she's up to post COVID with all her white stallions and all her French words, you know? Oh, perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So we're going to have two powerful, awesome women on the show today. And, uh, you know, in an effort to just ruin our girl time, oh, Glenn decided <laughs> to send audio from oh, yeah. like wherever he is. He's imposing tra- himself on our show. Yeah, he is FOMO, and he wanted to be a part of it, so he sent this audio clip. And when I sent it to producer George, he was like, "Oh my god!" So it's <laughs> Glenn and Jen standing in front of a waterfall. So let's take a listen. Good morning, Horse World. Glenn and Jennifer here from very high up in Norway, near one of the many thousand waterfalls. Beringer Fjord. Beringer Fjord. That's not how they say it. I apologize, all of our (laughs) Norwegian listeners. Yeah. So we're having a blast. Good morning, Horse World. Well, my daily winnie goes out to two more tickets sold after we talked on the movement on Monday. So I was really excited about it. I got to actually talk to this gal who had um, planned to come in July to visit. I went like, don't come in July, come in June. She's like, wait a minute. I know that voice. That's a podcast voice. That's Debbie from Horseman <laughs> No way. And I went, you got me. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so she bought two tickets to um, True Story, to uh, the movement. And she's going to come meet you, Jamie. She's really excited. It's going to be fun. The movement, again, it's happening at Monty Roberts Farm, June 16, 17, 18. And uh, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be, I'm going to train horses with Monty. And then we're going to have, Glenn's going to be there, of course, you know, hanging out. And uh, then we're going to have- No waterfalls. No waterfalls are involved. 
No water falls. And then we're going to have a Jared Rogerson's going to do a concert. Of course, he's been on our show for years. We love him and uh, he's super talented. And so we're going to have him and then we're going to do It's going to be just a super amazing weekend full of horses and growth and learning and yeah. peace on earth, basically. Gentlers, so too. Gentlers, don't forget about the Mustang pins over there too. Those are yeah. probably the coolest thing that people walk away with. Yeah. Really excited to have you back on the farm in Solvang, California. Jamie. I can't wait. All right, my turn for Daily Winnie. I always love to celebrate adoptions of horses that I've been training. Uh -huh. And there's a horse here named Jay Cat West who came and, oh my gosh, just the gentlest, gentlest, sweetest angel baby on the ground, mm. but was very confused as why people were on his back. Like <laughs> he wasn't quite sure. So this horse that I always, there's so many horses that come to me that I'm like, I cannot believe somebody sat on this horse at 40 miles an hour and didn't die. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just one of those babies, just super green, but sweet as can be. And so he, he's taken a little extra time uh, to get him going. And I'm so excited to say he got adopted. Yay. Yay. Um, I love those people who just trust and go. That's well, great. Is you it know, a good home? you, you got to find the right person for the right horse. And that's why right. it's so important to be so upfront and honest about everything, because this person that came out, she's a local trainer mm. and she has a boarding stable and she actually was looking for her own personal horse. Oh, yeah. Not one that she's getting, you know, it's not for a kid. I mean, again, this horse wouldn't be a good fit for anybody other than this woman. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. She got on him and the round pin and started, you know, she does a lot of like riding with her body and moving him around. And I was like, dang, that was awesome. So I'm really excited for her. Congratulations, yeah. Pam. Yay. And, yeah. And puppy. That's good. And J Cat West, which yeah. um, she's like, I just, she's like, it's really annoying. His name is J Cat West. And she's like, my other horse's name is Kitty. No. <laughs> Kitten. I was like, oh, okay, no. well, it's a theme. <laughs> and for the first time, she said it's her first ever chestnut in her entire life. Wow. Like, wow. That's a very common cut, you know? She's, yeah. So yeah, first chestnut, congratulations. I'm so excited. And they're going to be right down the street. So I love it, being able to follow along yeah, and keep up. So. True. Yeah, you'll get to see. Oh, how fun. Jamie, you have the best job. I know. I have the best job ever. It's so rewarding and so fun and so satisfying and, and it makes me happy. Well, hey, before we get to our first guest, we are going to hear from our title sponsor, Kevin Equine. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel and trailering can throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and immunity, performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propanate on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. 
Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at chemin.com slash chromium EQ. That's chemin, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash chromium EQ. I would like to welcome our first guest to the show. She's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine Non-GMO Core Nutrition for Horses and Ponies of All Ages, Michelle Ames, author of Riding Lessons, Things I Learned While Horsing Around. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure. Now, tell everybody where in the world you are right now. I'm in Spokane, Washington, which is the east side of Washington, and we're on the dry side. Does that mean you do or you do not need a covered arena? (laughs) (laughs) This winter, we had a very long winter, and it was five months of cold and snow. So, yeah, a covered arena would be lovely. I have my horses at home, so I don't have an arena, and I stop hauling. So it was a long winter. That sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it's exactly. over is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you, spring. Yeah. Well, tell us about your book, Riding Lessons, Things I Learned While Horsing Around. Okay. Um, this is a humorous memoir. Uh, it talks about living with horses and having horses at home and all of the funny things that happen, most of which are my fault, like getting lost on a trail and having to get back just barely in time as it's getting dark. Yeah, this is is very relatable to horse people. I was going to say that I have all of those stories too, which is why I have a podcast because I can't write. (laughs) So (laughs) you've got, you've got his beat there. Now, I have a copy of the book and it's great. Yeah. Lots of like short, just kind of short stories about different adventures, I guess. But what I haven't finished the book, but I did see in this bio that you guys sent over that you share the challenges of keeping horses at home. And one thing you shared is, um, challenges of attempting horse breeding. Explain (laughs) yourself, please. (laughs) Well, I, um, I decided to get pregnant, and I thought while I was pregnant during that nine months, I would produce the warm blood that I always wanted. And back at that time, I was a dressage rider, kind of not really serious, but, you know, training level and first level, and everybody had warm bloods. And I had an Appaloosa, a lovely Appaloosa, and I thought, oh, I'll just breed her. It'll be fine, and every and uh, she'll take care of that baby while I'm taking care of my baby. And she'd always showed really regular heats until that year when she didn't. And we tried three times at great expense and trials and tribulations, and it didn't work, as usual. Um, And then we decided to get another mare. So I went around and looked for other mares, and I ended up with this lovely thoroughbred. Um, Meanwhile, I've had my baby. (laughs) (laughs) We are still trying to breed, and I'm exhausted with new baby. And we do successfully breed this lovely thoroughbred mare to this lovely local warm blood stallion. And then I got kind of exhausted, and I forgot to do, uh, what is it? You're supposed to do this check at some number of weeks to make sure everything's going on with the going well with the ultrasound. And I missed the deadline, and then she twinned, and there's a point where you're supposed to uh, deal with the twin, and I missed it, and so we actually had to take care of that, and we ended up with no babies, no horse babies, and a whole bunch of money spent, 
And I've decided after that, I am not a horse breeder. I am a horse rider. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that statement because I I had produced a really nice filly and then a really nice gelding, and I'm, but none of them were like my dream horse. So I did the, kind of the same thing, which is I'm going to try it one more time. Famous last words. That yes, was, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's always uh, exciting when you include, you know, telling telling God your plans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. Well, this is great. Now, is this a self-published book? Did you just feel like you just had you just had stories to tell and you wanted to get them out? Yeah, I've been writing for a long time since high school and I'm really old now, so that's been a very long time. And and that's writing with a W and also riding with an R, riding my horses and I just, I ended up writing these little short blips and essays and writing for the newsletter for Backcountry Horsemen, our local group. And uh, all of a sudden I had a whole bunch and I thought, I'm going to write a book. And then I pulled it all together and I did look for a mainstream publisher, but uh, all of the likely places I could find said, no, thank you, but no, thank you. And so I did self-publish, um, and that was an adventure in learning. I've learned a lot, uh, got great help, and, yeah, ended up with a self-published book, both awesome. printed locally and through Amazon.com, um, ebook and paperbacks. So people can grab them on Amazon. Now, um, who do you think the perfect reader for this book is? I think the perfect l- reader... Uh, like so many of us, is a woman who, a middle-aged older woman who just loves being around horses. <laughs> um, the book can be found at Amazon.com and just uh, search for the title, Writing Lessons, Things I Learned While Horsing Around, or search for my name, Michelle Ames, and that's spelled E-A-M-E-S, like the Ames chair. Um, and uh, local people can find it in local bookstores and tax stores around Spokane. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks to Stateline Tack for being one of our sponsors. Now, it's happening, Debbie. I think (laughs) people hate winter, right? I hate winter. I hate winter. I got to tell you, I'm starting to like it for one reason. There's no bugs. Exactly. Uh, no, and Oklahoma no. doesn't have any bugs. Flies and <laughs> bugs and cre- and snakes, to be honest. That's oh. kind of part of my thing, too. I don't, They always like to surprise me. But I can't do anything about those. But what you can do is go to Stateline Tack and check out. They have a whole new line of fly sheets and what they call cool coats. And uh, they're on sale, of course. So you can go to StatelineTack.com and check out on the homepage all the new fly sheets and cool coats. And, uh, yeah, I think last year I, I had four horses wear them and I probably have one that remains uh, this year I because a bunch of geldings in a field with fly sheets on there. about it. Go bad. Yeah. They pull it off each other. They do. They do. They're so destructive. What's really cool is they have this Amigo fly rider and it's 95 bucks, but it, it, it's perfect for trail riding. It covers the neck and the chest and then goes under your saddle and then covers the haunches because that seems to be the most dangerous place is those darn horse flies that land on your <sighs> horse's butt. So, so and you, you don't see them. 
because they're behind you. Exactly. So, and then yeah. you end up trying to smack one, you whack your horse on the butt, and then you end up in Texas. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely chop and they go get that. That's really cool. All right. StayLineTac.com. Again, go check out all the new fly sheets and sales. And there's just constant innovation in that fly sheet world. So check it out. StayLineTac.com. Well, welcome. We have Sylvia Zerbini on with us. Sylvia is the first equestrian aerialist inducted into the Circus Ring Hall of Fame, and she was the first person to combine aerial and equestrian work together. And you're ninth generation, Sylvia, performer? Uh, on, yes, yep. I'm nine generation circus performer. My father was an animal trainer, and my mom was a famous uh, aerialist. Uh, that is amazing. So you've got it not only in the blood, I mean, a lot of people say, well, both, if your parents both ride, then you've got to be, you know, but how about your great, 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 whatever that is, <laughs> nine back generations. So was everybody a, a horse uh, equestrian performer or? Yeah. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, I think um, the, the arts is in our DNA. You know, my, mm -hmm. my father's family goes back, like you said, you know, generations in animal training. And my mother is actually six generations in um, aerial performance. So growing up, you know, I learned both arts. I learned, you know, how to respect and understand the language of the animals. Um, my specialty was the horse. And then I learned the discipline um, from my mother with the aerial performance, you know, the, the dance, the gymnastics mm -hmm. and and learning how to, you know, discipline your body into stretching and, and so forth. And, you know, I ended up uh, putting both arts together and won multiple awards for combining the aerial and the horsemanship together. Uh, yes, and it's beautiful. We'll have a beautiful sh uh, photo of you in the show notes with uh, now is Rico still with you? I know he was a beautiful. Was he a, a briar horse, too? Yes, he's a 2019 Briar horse. Um, he's still with us. He does his hind leg work, which he's our rearing horse. So he yeah. comes in at the end of our performance and he just walks on his hind legs, all proud of himself. But yes, he's still with us. Oh, and I've got Jamie Jennings here, host of this show. I'm I'm just a you know I'm I'm the team B, Sylvia. So <laughs> I, I, I guess it, looking at all these pictures, I mean, obviously <sighs> stunning photos, stunning yeah. horses. But I notice you use a lot of the gray and illusions, mm -hmm. and I'm going somewhere with that because I'm going to pick your brain for a second because I have a fat lazy, young, gray Andalusian. And what are some of the, the, the magic training tips yeah. that you can say that would kind of be really helpful for an Andalusian? So for an Andalusian or actually for any horse, um, I, I feel that, you know, paying attention to their subtle language, learning horse language, looking at the eye, looking at the breath, um, positioning our body, you know, towards certain parts of the horse that they understand. You know, for instance, if you apply pressure from a distance on the hindquarters, you can get them to look at you. If you walk up from a distance to their barrel, which is their belly, um, that horse, you know, walks forward. If you slightly put pressure again from a distance on the front leg, you're able to have the horse move out. So, you know, keeping all those little things in your mind and how if we think of the horse that they have their own language and it's up to us to pay attention to what they're telling us, I feel the communication just, you know, starts to flow together. 
to, I, I feel that, you know, we, we have to be more um, in tune with what the horse is trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So cool. mm. Now, another, another pick your brain question is with my, my Andalusian, I've decided I want to teach him to go bridalist. What are some tips that you could give for bridalist riding? I mean, I, I've got like a neck rope on him, but he's more responsive to just leg and kind of where I'm looking. And we've kind of started that I'm riding him in the dually halter, of course, Debbie, yeah. <laughs> just in yeah, case awesome. I need some help. Uh, but what are some tips? Because I know you do clinics and, and I would love to hear what you have to say about that. So my tips, obviously it's hard to see where you're at with your horse. So, you know, guiding you, um, you're obviously you said you're you feel very comfortable riding with just a lot of leg cues and you have a neck rope on him I would just start working with my walk trot you know or my walk to a stop and then make sure that I had that down really good and then progress into my walk trot stop and once you can control that and your horse understands your language um with that then you could, you know, go on to your canter, back down to your trot, back down to your walk. I would definitely make sure that I have a great stop. And I would definitely make sure that when I stop, I would teach them how to back up a couple steps and then walk on. So I feel that if you can control all that, you're able to direct your horse in whatever direction you want to take them. Now I mentioned before he's super lazy. So our woe is fantastic. (laughs) He's got that one down. (laughs) That's just with the breath, you know, Uh, he's like, Oh, I can stop now. Cool. Uh, yeah. So these are great, great tips. And then, yeah, like we're kind of, I've got the walk and the trot and the hall down. So just need to start incorporating a little bit more. So fantastic. I want to see you you. at Briarfest then, Jamie. I think you're, you're getting ready. Tell us what's involved, Sylvia, in creating the show for Briarfest. Because I understand you do, like, this is an individual show just for Briarfest, which is pretty cool. And you only do, like, one rehearsal and you're done. And that's Yeah. Can you believe that? So (laughs) it's really, yeah. So I um, produce direct and um choreograph the the show parts and also perform in it and yes one rehearsal so i make sure that i surround myself by the best team possible so i bring in you know nothing but professional horsemen oh i I thought you were going to talk about the horses (laughs) tell me about the team of horses too oh well i i bring in a whole show right so obviously i bring in my team of 12 horses and then also i bring in a cast so oh, wow. we create a 70-minute performance part that has a storyline. Um, so each year, we, you know, I create a different um, performance for Briar. But the thing that's really important for me is when I produce a show, I want to make sure that the horses that do come into our performance, um, that the audience can see that the horses have each and their very own personality. So, mm-hmm. you know, the horses are very happy. I I feel that when you watch one of my performances and that team that I bring in, you'll you'll see happy horses. And it's really, really important for me to be able to express this to our audience. I want, you know, each horse to have their own character, their own individual character, and perform with happiness seeing the horses enjoy what they do. And um, so I think the, the the best part about our Briar performance is when you sit down and you see a cast of 15 people and probably about 25 horses, maybe, you know, 30 horses, 
you you're not going to see a performance a presentation with horses that have their heads down to the ground and don't have a spirit you'll mm-hmm. see lively horses bucking and kicking and having a blast and mm-hmm. i feel that that brings the energy you know through the roof and I feel that our audience just so participates in everything that we do just from seeing those horses react the way that they do. Absolutely. I can vouch for that. Absolutely. You were amazing here. I don't remember what year it was. Was that about um, 17, 2018? Yeah, 2017, right before I went to Canada's Cavalia. Yep. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And that's, I sat next to dad and we watched each ear twitch and your performance and everything. And the horses were happy and they did have personality. So you're a hundred percent right on that, that that's the one thing dad looks for. He looks for that, you yeah. know, um, you know, some trainers that do, you know, some of the performance stuff, the horses don't look happy to be there, but yours are, are so cute. They're just so cute and they're and happy. You know, to, yeah. Yeah. Debbie, thank you for pointing that out. It was such an honor to, you know, be there at your father's, at your family's ranch. Um, you know, Monty Roberts, he's, oh my gosh, he's a legend. Mm -hmm. And I know that he always looks for the best in the horse. So you saying that, and that you both pointed that out, I feel and agree with you, um, on the other trainers that, you know, a lot of the work out there, you know, trainers got to start doing the right thing. Um, Mm -hmm. they got to start preaching the walk because, you and I, we know um, how a lot of these things are put together and the horses, by you observing the horse in performance, you can see the direction that they've been taken to. So I feel that we have to do what's best for the horse and make sure that that's part of our performance. So then, you know, on stage, we have nothing but, you know, a good time. Horses are having fun what they do. (laughs) You can definitely see when people rule by demand as opposed to by asking, you know, and I think that what, what you do from what I've heard about you from Debbie is, is very much that, I mean, you wouldn't be booked by Monty Roberts daughter on the show if you were any other way. So (laughs) congratulations. That's awesome. Do you have advice for us, Sylvia, for young girls or boys that, you know, that want to be Sylvia when they grow up? (laughs) What would they do do right now? Yeah, I Uh, want to run away. You know, I think the advice I would say to anybody and I, you know, I do lessons every day and I always tell people be in the moment. They're animals or horses, and we have a plan and we expect them to do, you know, whatever we create in our little head for them to, you know, do for us. But if the stuff doesn't go as planned, you know, work in the moment because from a drop of a hat, the situation can change. So if you go in with that thought of just working in the moment, you're going to be more relaxed. You're going to feel more happy and less pressure on you. And um, normally when I give this advice to a lot of my my students, it's that their whole character and demeanor changes because I feel like they have less stress on them because they don't have to this pressure of having to do whatever they thought in their head they were supposed to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course. So people can go see you at Briarfest, which is coming up. What are what are some of the details on that so people can find you? Yes, so Briarfest has all the information. So if you okay. go to 
briar.com. It's, um, we'll be performing there July 13, 14, 15. And then also, um, we do our performances here at Grand Liberty Farm in Williston, Florida, Ocala area. And we'll also be doing some Christmas show at the World Equestrian Center. Um, Yes. And the Arabian event, which is also through Thanksgiving. So look us up when you come down to Florida and come see our up close personal uh, theater. We have a horse theater and we do weekend shows and we work up to 18 horses. Well, I work up, I don't say we, I work up to 18 (laughs) horses all at Liberty stallions and geldings um, combined. And um, you're, you're definitely going to see some happy horses there. So I, I hope that whoever Aww. comes down to Florida takes the time to come see us and enjoy the horse. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And, and I, I hope people will take photos and put those up and we want to see what happens at Briarfest and see what you are doing there. And um, I just love the direction you take. Dad said, you know, I bet Sylvia would be really good with deer as well because, oh. <laughs> you know, right? Because they're so flighty and he hones his skills on deer, but not big Andalusian stallions. I'm really proud of you. That's really, oh, really cool. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Sylvia. Well, yeah, thanks for being on. I so appreciate you and I hope people will go find you too and take some classes and see your shows. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for having me and have a beautiful day. You too. You too. Thank you. And Debbie, what she said, talking about, you know, you kind of have to live in the moment. I, mm. I, it so. takes me back to one of my favorite quotes from your dad, which is have a plan. Yes. Don't fall in Don't love fall with in it. Love with it. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. I, I always have a, like a lesson plan for each particular horse when I'm going out to train them. And that thing could just be like, uh, not today. Nope. Not today. <laughs> you just ripped it up. Is that what just, you <laughs> There you go. Move on to the next plan. <laughs> exactly. Sylvia. That's Thank awesome. you so much and have a great, a great time. And we'll definitely be keeping up to date. Well, one of our sponsors is the world equestrian center. So we'll definitely let everybody know when you're going to be there. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm here with the mad scientist who developed Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds are non-GMO whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they? They are. You can get it through Chewy anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland, and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered. There you go. Chewy.com. It will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today. DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our Equestrian Motor Plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. 
get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News. Yes, it's time for Weird News. That is the time of the week where we talk about the stories that may not make it, you know, to the to the big news, but it's things like if you're reading the news and you're like, God, that is so weird. That's what I want. Email it to Jamie at horseradionetwork.com. This week we had Lindsay, Elizabeth, Shannon, Laureen, Ralph, uh, Ra- Rachel, Sarah, Lauren, and Melissa all sent me stories. And um, I would like to think, especially Shannon, I can't read that story on the air, but I do appreciate <laughs> the filthy ones. So thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> just and a little it, off color. It's actually yeah. filthy. <laughs> oh, it was filthy. And it actually included videos and x-rays oh, which were no, in- no, 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 no. wholly inappropriate and awesome uh, <laughs> and they were awesome well uh, the first one we're going to go to holly michigan because it took a team a team of guys on four wheelers and one on horseback when you think of cattle on the loose you don't think of detroit okay <laughs> but yes lester who was a wayward steer had gotten loose for weeks has been running around the Detroit area completely loose. And finally they figured out where he was because he popped out of the woods next to a freeway and three people on ATVs and a rider on horseback. It's all on video. Okay. This is crazy. Uh, it terrifies me to see this horse galloping mm. down pavement with, mm. yeah, I'm always afraid they're going to slip, but uh, I, there's two ATVs that kind of like head him out on the pass and there's cars speeding by. And finally, like all the cars kind of slow down and the cowboy throws a rope over his neck. Mm. And of course, then the steer goes to jump the center uh, <sighs> barrier. Mm. And, oh, it was terrifying. But Lester has been caught. I'm sure. For the rest of his life, he's going to live out in a free area and be happy, happily ever after. I always tell him, just run. <laughs> run is not going to be good. But hopefully Lester will end up at a, at a rescue because a lot of them do uh, that end up getting loose. Somebody steps in. So uh, they, this is the police agency. The, the, they, the, the police wrote in a tweet. Report. Oh. Yeah. They tweet. They, I love police tweets. Eventually... After much tomfoolery, the critter was captured and removed from the freeway. <laughs> the bovine was not charged and is back in the pasture with a story to tell all the other livestock. Exactly. For the rest of his life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, next story we are going to, you know, there's people that like to go to the beach. And they like to look for, you know, unique shells or, you know, there you see people with metal detectors that are out there. Well, this is in Inglewood, Florida, Debbie. There was a group of friends Mm -hmm. and they were swimming at the Inglewood Beach over the weekend. And they were searching for hidden treasure, um, rare seashells. They had like goggles on and it was a bunch of kids and... Yeah, the, whatever the, the little snorkel things are, you know? Yeah, you sound like you, you do this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the snorkels, <laughs> the goggles, and all the things. Um, it wasn't me because I don't go in the ocean. Now, here's the weird part is that the, the, the person who found 
and this is going to come into play in one of the next stories. The person who found this item I'm going to describe for you, the name was Jamie. Okay. Oh. Jamie Murphy. Oh, okay. Jamie Murphy Another was at Ingle, <laughs> Inglewood Beach on Minnesota Key on Sunday with a group of friends and 30 yards offshore, they were diving, looking for things under the ground. And uh, she said that they went in the water for the third or fourth time. And then they pulled up off the floor of the ocean. They said the, quote, crown jewel of the day. What? Dentures. They found teeth. Ew. <laughs> they found like, an entire <laughs> mouthful of teeth. Like the gums mm. attached and like, you know, one of those things you plug into your, <laughs> your mouth. Oh, not with a said, metal detector, I guess then, right? No, with, with <laughs> the goggles. See, I told you. <laughs> I guess her son came running up. was like, look, look what I have. Ew. Look what I have. And then I'm like, oh my God, gross. Those are teeth. Oh, I don't even know why it's gross, you know, when you think about it. But it, it did make me go, oh, I don't. Yeah. That wouldn't be fun. Well, I throw back. It, yeah, exactly. Well, the dentures, um, they said that they're actually clean. And she said she took them home. Oh. And admittedly, quote, the last couple of days have been a lot of fun games with these teams. Oh, not <laughs> sure about that one. <laughs> I don't want to know what you've been doing with these things, okay? Mm, um, they yeah. actually posted the teeth on Facebook. And they're <laughs> hoping to find the Oh, yeah, right. Of the dentures. And the the last name is even, there's a name on the inside. I'm so tired of looking at these pictures. Good God. Uh, the person's name is Galicki, and it's written on the bottom of the teeth. So Galicki. if you're listening, and you know somebody who was in Florida and lost Wait their a dentures. Galicki? When a, Galicki. G-A-L-I-C-K-I. For the so, Yeah, it's their, their teeth. Galicki and if, for the teeth. Yeah, if you know them, have them uh, search on Facebook because sure. they really want to know how they lost their teeth. Yeah. That's what they really I want. I think to. it was a mafia hit, actually. <laughs> they're, they're, that are they are long gone. Big wave. I don't know. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Picture that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next story is we're really gonna... weird story, Jamie. I know. That's why it's called weird news. I mean, I we read stories stuff. about people finding a megalodon tooth that's like billions oh, yeah. of years old. No, this is like somebody's dentures. Uh, now, this is a weird story because there's a Peruvian town. Um, it There's an indigenous tradition. It's called Tacana, Tacanacui. Tacanacui. Oh. And um, it, it's in Santo Tomas. It's the capital of this province in the Peruvian Andes. It's about, I don't know, 2,000 feet above sea level. It's very isolated. There's 10,000 people that are living in this tiny little town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what? when you live in a small town with a, a few people, you're going to, you know, get into disagreements with your neighbors <laughs> and people. Yeah, yeah. Well, how did they solve their disagreements? There's a festival that they have, Debbie. A no, festival. No, 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 no. And it happens around Christmas time. Oh, okay. Every every Christmas, That's the entire yeah, I know it's so cute. Like yeah. you, know, you get involved, and you know what? Like let's say me and you, we had some words back in March. Well, they're <laughs> like table it for the Christmas holiday idea. tradition. Yeah. Which is everybody gathers together and say, you and I have had a disagreement months ago and we've been sitting on it. Yeah. We're going to fight. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to fight. Like fist fight. Fist fight. (laughs) 
in front of the entire town. They say, the origins of the festival are unclear, bye, but they bye, say it bye, comes bye. potentially from indigenous ritual traditions. Others think it dates back to the Spanish invasion where indigenous people and colonizers would fight. But apparently they just have like a massive fight club and you get, get it to out. Beat up the person yeah. who made you mad. That's a Kicks, lot of anger over slaps, a lot of months. Punches all oh, allowed. Everything allowed. Okay. No Here's holds what's barred. not allowed. No. Oh. There are you're not allowed to bite. You're not allowed to pull hair. And you're okay. not allowed to hit somebody when they're on the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Other than that. Can you kick them? Good to go. <laughs> oh yeah, you kick them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the arena for this oh. fight club. <laughs> They have an yeah. arena. It's like a gladiator situation for like the small town and they get all dressed up and decked out. The arena has people surrounding it, holding whips. <laughs> and <laughs> don't if get out, get too crazy. Those people just walk in and start whipping you. <laughs> so <laughs> if you want to go settle and by the way, women are encouraged to fight. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, you can't find them. It's like, you know, free, free beer at the bar. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, That's that hilarious. happens. I West thought you were going to have them throwing off the cliffs or something. No. So that wasn't so bad. Yeah. No, they just get to beat the hell out of each other <laughs> for fun. Oh, okay. Final news story. All and right. of course the weirdest one has to happen in Florida. <laughs> we're going to go to Polk County. Okay, because there was a, a farmer that was standing outside and he sees this tractor come down the road really slow, clearly in the wrong gear. And he looks up and he's like, what? Why are they driving like that? And he looks up and the okay. driver of the tractor is a woman that is wearing a pink ball gown. What? Yeah. There's <laughs> okay. a woman wearing a pink ball gown. Okay, like really cute, like little like sleeveless, you know, poofy skirt, nice. <laughs> ball gown. <laughs> and um, apparently she stole the tractor. Oh, it was a long night. year old <laughs> Yeah, long night. Um, <laughs> she didn't just steal the tractor. Okay, no. she eventually got caught because she stalled it out and couldn't get it started. She can't and, drive it. <laughs> yeah. And then the farmer was like, hey, what are you doing? And the, they called the police and the police swarmed the stalled out tractor oh, well, and yeah, took the 46-year-old woman 46? into custody. In 46? A okay. I pictured a 16 when you said that. Yeah, no. But 46. So. Driving a tractor. Uh, turns out she had done. Mm, come Drugs, on. Maybe. Silly questions. <laughs> because she was also found with many things. She's fa facing at this point 35 felonies and three misdemeanors. Oh. She was found having stolen somebody's bed sheets, mm. blue jeans. She mm -hmm. stole somebody's toiletries. She stole somebody's camouflage wading boots. Wait for it. Several packages of frozen venison and Ew. a bottle of wine. And <laughs> she had also it's been caught sleeping in somebody's bed, which I guess they walked in, saw her. She jumped up, grabbed all the stuff, ran out, stole oh. the tractor and took off. <laughs> She's in jail. Somebody wrote all this stuff down, which is <laughs> probably the weirdest part of this <laughs> This was a Yahoo news, baby. She did have a weapon. Um, she had a pocket knife <laughs> and she also had people's credit cards, still uh, social security cards, some oh. people's driver's license. And 
She had a dental plan card she had stolen. So apparently at some point she was going to drive the tractor, get some work done on the dentist, put it on somebody else's insurance. Needed new toppers. <laughs> she did not go gently. Oh, no. She that. fought the police. Turns out she became irate <laughs> at she some point. She might not be all there. You know? I really, Just yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Some, some what of the is charges- with Florida? I know it's Florida. Grand theft, burglary, unlawful possession, possession of a concealed weapon, a battery on law enforcement. She even threatened to kill them. So she, uh, she she's, she's in jail. Weapon. She's, she's yeah. sobering up right now. Yeah, she's in orange now and not in pink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, again, if you guys see these weird news stories and you want to get them on the show, please send them to me because I want to hear them. Jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news and the subject line. And that is how you will help me with this segment because I can't find all this stuff. I need y'all's help. (laughs) It's crazy. That's awesome. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for joining me. We talked a little bit about a movement. Where can people go to get tickets? Tickets to the movement, go to MontyRoberts.com and click on the tab for the shop. Scroll down to special events, because they are, and you'll see the movement there. If the annoying pop-up hasn't already happened, <laughs> just <laughs> click on there. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing everybody here. Tickets are available still. Um, countdown, though, we keep it pretty intimate. That's what I told my people on Monday is like, it's getting close. So make your decision. And she did. So yeah, please go to MontyRoberts.com. Uh, or you can email me too if you have any questions about it. Debbie at MontyRoberts.com. So that's D-E-B-B-I-E at M-O-N-T-Y-R-O-B-E-R-T-S. And of course, where can people hear you on your podcast? Oh, thanks for asking. Horsemanshipradio.com. And it's not on the radio, by the way. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We started the show in 2013. So, you know, back then, what was a podcast? Yeah. um, Horsemanshipradio.com or just go catch it on any of your podcatchers. We're on everything these days. Oh my gosh. Can you believe you've been doing that for 10 years? Can you believe how long you've been doing it? No, I can't believe it. You're right. It's our 10-year anniversary. Yeah, you're going to have to figure that one out. I have to put on another event. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm pretty excited. Have a party at the movement, okay? (laughs) Combine events. We'll have a Jared Rogerson concert in its honor. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, in its honor. (laughs) Let's see if we can get him. No, he's coming. He's coming to celebrate my parents' 67th anniversary. Did you know that? I know. It's going to be a huge... Huge weekend, 67 years of marriage. It's Father's Day. And of course, your dad is the ultimate dad. And then we've got, you know, 10 years of the podcast. So celebrate, everybody. Celebrate. Gosh, champagne everywhere. Have a great day, everybody. Don't forget spay, neuter, and geld. (laughs) 